0: IB Talk, the global insurance industry podcast presented by Insurance Business. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to IB Talk, the global podcast brought to you by Insurance Business. I'm Paul Lucas, the Managing Editor of Insurance Business, and here we are working our way through September during what has been for many the most difficult year any of us can remember, both professionally and personally. For brokers who are already facing the prospect of a hard market, the coronavirus pandemic has thrown everything in a loop as a tough market has now become an ultra-complex one, with many facing unprecedented conversations with their clients. Still, amid the chaos, lies opportunity for many. Something we're going to delve into with today's guest. He is the president of Commercial Risk and Health Solutions at Broking Giant Aon. Stefan Lesperance. Uh, Stefan, welcome to Ivy Talk.
1: Thank you, Paul. Thank you for for having me uh, today on your show. I mean, it's uh, truly a truly pleasure and honor to be uh, to be here with you, and uh, uh, hopefully, we're going to have a, a really good chat today.
0: Yeah. So, so Stefan, before we dive into this complex broker environment, uh, let's talk a little bit about your career, because you've actually been with Aon for close to 20 years now, um, working your way up from a a branch manager um, to the president role that you hold today. Um, Tell us how you got your start with the firm.
1: Well, um, you know, thank you for for asking the, the question. I mean, uh, originally I was I was well just prior to joining uh, Aon, I was working uh, for a regional um, insurance brokerage uh, firm um, in the Montreal region, and uh, uh, worked there for for about uh, six years. Um, and then, what was truly missing to my to my career? Um, I wanted to be working for a for a global company, um, and, and working with uh, large organizations and, and trying to help them out with their um, their risk mitigation. So. You know, a couple of times the phone had rang. Um, I mean, in this industry, it's, it's, the phone rings <laughs> continuously. So um, at that time, it wasn't any, 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 any different. Um, so the first attempt, I, I, I sort of kind of pushed back. And then the second attempt, I said, you know what, I, this is what I want to do. And uh, um, I'm just going to move, uh, uh, move over to, to Aon. So fortunately, I was able to step in into a role where I was um, given confidence and, and managing large clients and uh, truly, you know, and, and immediately after uh, maybe eleven months, I was offered a position into the uh, the pulp and paper division that uh, that we had at the time. and you know at aon particularly in canada, we we manage all of the large uh, pulp and paper companies, and uh, uh, so so it was fortunate to be to be into that role. so. I, you know, went through the ranks and and became at some point. You know, I had an interest for for management. I, I had it before, but um, this is what really uh, got me going. And uh, I was offered a, a position of an assistant manager role, and um, and then I just made my way through um, through this current position. And I've had uh, I've held uh, various roles in, in management, whether it was uh, on a uh, regional from a regional perspective or it was from a an industry perspective, um, so I was managing smaller branches, uh, then moved on to a bigger region, then I held up the uh, uh, the, uh, the international large complex uh, businesses unit, um, and then, uh, you know, I ex- always expanded my portfolio, and I guess, you know, when, when you're you're doing things right, uh, you're being thrown at, uh, you know, at different situations. And I was just fortunate all my, all my career, frankly, uh, and particularly since I joined Aon, um, I was thrown in various, uh, types of situations where I was given the confidence and, uh, and, and frankly, you know, what you know, with the team, we've, we've reached, uh, you know, uh, really good results and, and was really happy with, uh, uh, with the overall performance. So uh, I guess it, it kind of helped me uh, going up the ladder and uh, working with the team. Uh, I think that's been, you know, key part of my of my successes is, you know, involving the team members and uh, in, in trying to achieve what we have to for the organization. So um, like I said, I've, you know, just prior to, to, to this role, um, I was uh, responsible for, for Eastern Canada and uh, the Greater Toronto Region, um, and, uh, you know, there was significant uh, work being done by by my team members, um, and, uh, you know, we've, uh, yeah, we've made it to this point, so, <laughs> if you ask me if I was going to, you know, should I go back in time, if I, I believe that I was going to be, you know, appointed president one day, um, so that's certainly not uh, what was was in the plan but uh, uh, truly uh, appreciative of that and, and truly honored to be acting in that capacity
0: yeah it's obviously it's a it's a, it's an amazing achievement and and when you've climbed the ladder as you put it along the way I, I know that you were part of the the executive program at aon uh, can you shed a little bit of light on that for us and, and how it maybe helped you reach the position you are now
1: Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's those various uh, courses that uh, we are uh, fortunate to have at you know at Aon. Uh, So the first first uh, really executive course that I was part of it's called uh, Pinnacle, Um, and and helped me you know certainly uh, develop not only a a network within 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 the Aon uh, world. But it's also helped me um, developing new contacts and relationships all around the globe, um, and uh, you know it's it, it's it, it's an equivalent of uh, a, an MBA course that lasts uh, over uh, eighteen months. Um, so it's it is it is quite quite of a uh, quite of a program where you have uh, financial classes, uh, business case studies, um, and obviously you know perspective on on. Um, where the company is going and, and giving you broader uh, you know, broader perspective on 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 things um so i was I was fortunate to be to be part of that and uh, you know truly gain a uh, really good experience through that uh through that course and then also you're working on real true um business issues while you're doing that course so you're you're really tapped on uh, on the shoulders just to say hey you know what we we need you to figure out this problem that we have um so collectively with with the group you're tackling those issues and then you're presenting to the global executives um and then you know they're implementing um you know the proposed changes uh as 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 it's been elaborated by the uh, the team members so um you know, we have a few few courses like that with an Aon, uh, but this one, like the Pinnacle class, is certainly the best because, again, you have access to the global leaders, uh, and you can have an impact on, on decision making. So that's uh, uh, it's been it's been a uh, really good experience for me.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Because we often hear people talk about the sort of the talent issues in insurance and, you know, the, perhaps it has a an, an older uh, sort of age group in its ranks at the moment and has difficulty attracting young people. How do you think it can become a, a more attractive and, and viable solution um, for, for, for millennials and, and maybe Gen Z as well?
1: Well, um, you know, if, I, if I'm looking back, uh, when I joined Aon, close to 20 years ago, I was, you know, by far the um, the youngest <laughs> in, in, in the region where I was operating, particularly acting as, as an account executive at the time. Uh, so I was kind of 26 uh, at that time. And, uh, you know, if I'm looking at the, uh, I I was the youngest and then probably the average Uh, account executive or or, uh, vice president or senior vice president at the time was probably close to 55 (laughs) and 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 now we're looking at the uh, uh, the average of our of our workers Um, it's essentially much lower so more within the low uh, 40s Um, so we've made significant improvement on that front um, and the challenge, I mean, as, as you pointed out, I mean, is not attracting particularly the, um, the younger generation. It's, it's essentially keeping them and keeping them engaged. So we have to, over the years, change a little bit on how we manage um, the workforce. And, and, and now I think what came to light, um, you know, for, for, for various people and various managers is essentially uh, going through the, uh, uh, the pandemic. Um, you know everyone is working remotely so you need to adapt on how you're you're um, uh, you're working with with your colleagues and and managing people so you have to give uh, more room for their personal lives you have to jungle with personal schedules and everything like that if you were you know if you're asking me like you know go back 20 years ago at aon if there was any even the possibility of working remotely, particularly in Canada, like no way, it was out of the equation. Right? Everyone needed to be into the office. But gradually, we allowed the workforce to be interacting differently. And uh, and we've launched a couple of uh, trainee programs over the years. Um, but the challenge is always, you know, the shortage of workforce um, in the industry and um, and and lack of talent in general. So. Uh, obviously there's one uh, when, when you have good employees and uh, you're in a uh, in a good position um, all of your competitors will try to attract your uh, your employees so it, it's been some challenges and uh, uh, for some years uh, but we've created also opportunities for people to grow their career faster and also to promote them a little bit quicker than what we, we've done in the past and again the, the international programs that we put together, um, there's, there's you know, a variety of those, and, and we're encouraging our, our colleagues to participate in those training mo- modules and programs so that they're getting broader exposures, they're getting uh, more opportunities of learning other parts of the business um, within Aon, and then also it just helps them to uh, be involved on, on, on broader projects so they're they're feeling more engaged and into it, um, and you always see like you know a little bit of a dip in the curve uh, after seven years. So this is where um, you know we need to focus um, uh, and, and, and pay a little bit more attention. But um, overall, we've been doing really good, and and it's it, it's been a constant effort and constant investment because. You can't say that uh, you're going to invest and do it once, and it's going to solve everything for you. It's like a repetitive exercise, so it's an ongoing thing uh, and team.
0: And you mentioned the obviously the the you know the the the, the pandemic and, and and making the switch to to work from home and how that's impacted business. And you know it it has been a crazy year, hasn't it? Just how tough a year has 2020 been from from your perspective?
1: Um, yeah, it's been it's been a funny uh, a funny uh, ride, as I like to say it. Um, well, obviously, I mean, from our own perspective, I mean, uh, we were doing really really well, um, so we were in a really good position. What we're particularly proud of is essentially, you know, doing the switch from operating in a more traditional way. A couple of years ago, we've started to transform our business and how we were um, uh, supporting our colleagues. Day in day out, so you know, it, we were not scrambling on on March uh, 12 to you know get laptops to to our employees. So ninety seven percent of our workforce had a laptop, uh, and we're working on a uh, on a uh, you know uh, we're a- capable of, of connecting uh, from their homes. Um, so that that was truly a, an asset and, and an advantage. So when you know we we turned the switch off and and um, you know I remember that Friday uh, it was I think uh, March thirteenth so the, the very first day I mean no complaints at all for the vast majority of our co- from the vast majority of our colleagues I mean everyone was capable of connecting from from their homes uh, the platform uh, that we're using was was reliable so we had overall like forty seven thousand. People around the globe that were working remotely, you know, within within the the, the first the first week. Um, so that was kind of you know an amazing achievement. Um, and then, I mean, it, it certainly uh, we had to change a little bit on how we are um, uh, we are operating. It's a matter of connecting more regularly with you know your clients, with your colleagues, and 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 market partners. So um, it, it was kind of a um, you know, we had we had our own regular routine, which we have we had to um, kind of change. And for the first thirty days or so, everyone was so internally focused, trying to maintain, you know, their head above water and uh, and, and ensuring their business um, their businesses were were sustainable. Um, so I, I saw a lot of great deal of efforts from you know from the markets from from uh, our colleagues also reorganizing their, their personal lives, right? So they, they became teachers, they became, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, insurance professionals working from home, juggling, you know, with, with, their, with their partners. So it, it, it's been a, a, a huge um, uh, adjustment um, for, for all the uh, the key stakeholders. But uh, no, we were fortunate to be operating with, with really good platforms right from the get-go. So... Um,
0: truly really proud of that uh, yeah I, but I, I imagine there are a lot of brokers out there perhaps you know uh, who, who weren't as, as, as well prepared as, as Aon obviously was um, and, and have now made that switch to working online they're, they're working remotely they're not having as much face-to-face contact as, as they were before um, what sort of tips can you pass to them in terms of addressing things and, and moving into that you know online environment how can they sort of turn this this challenge into an opportunity
1: yeah, it is, it is certainly an opportunity because you, you become more efficient. Obviously, there's an investment component to it, right? And sometimes, you know, when you're dealing with a bunch of issues, I mean, it's, it's probably really hard to say, okay, we need to dedicate, I don't know, 10% of our income to, you know, reinvest into through systems and platforms. And, and believe me, even, you know, in large organizations, it's always, uh, you know, a, a, a tough decision to make because, you know, it, everything that can be pushed in the future, sometimes you, you're trying to do that, but uh, but it's a wise investment. Um, so, I mean, uh, for, for all uh, those, uh, those brokers, um, I mean, it, it's a matter of relying not only on their own internal resources, but I also believe that the key uh, insurer partners are playing key roles uh, to that. And, you know, even some regional um, uh, brokers and even... Um, like I said, you know, smaller, or smaller shops uh, do benefit from from systems and platforms from from insurance companies. Um, so I think overall things have have, have stabilized uh, for them, uh, and uh, even I would say a, getting high, to a higher percentage of of those brokers going back to their office now uh, with you know certainly. Uh, Maybe not the entire workforce going back, but uh, I would say 25 to 50% of those are are, are going back. So um, it's been an adjustment and a difficult moment for probably three three months, but now things are, are going back to, to normal. And I know and notice that, um, like I said, insurers uh, have been helping those, those brokers uh, out, um, and we've seen also... Um, you know, uh, smaller shops uh, reaching out um, and, and wanting to uh, uh, to sell, and they did realize that um, you know they were not uh, properly structured, or they did not have the uh, the uh, the proper um, IT structure to perform uh, their their work. So it it can certainly harder for those uh, for those for those players.
0: And are there any? sort of methods of communication I guess that, that, that you would recommend because you know there are, there are so many platforms out there now You know, your Zooms, your Teams etc. Um, when, when brokers are looking to have that sort of interaction with their clients uh, is there a, a particular approach that you think is particularly effective in, at this time and, and, and sort of tying onto that as well I mean how much sort of interaction do you think that the brokers should be having with their clients right now because is it a case of you know I mean maybe Brokers, you know, might in, in, in some circumstances have only contacted certain people uh, when it's time for renewals and so on. But I guess this is a time when you've really got to show your support and you've got to show that you're uh, about a lot more than, than just sort of renewing their policies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're looking back, um, you know, uh, prior to, to COVID, um, you know, any, any broker out there... Um, all of them were, were, were having their own internal standards, right? How to communicate with clients, what would the suggested frequency. So, um, you know, every given shop would have their own standards. But um, I would say the challenge, you know, when we got into the pandemic situation was that we were kind of, um, all of us, because I, I've been told this, you know, whether they were competitors or, or you know, uh, relations or, or, or having uh, underwriters telling you that, everyone was kind of getting out of their own patterns and habits. Um, so that was that was the trap that awaited uh, all of us. But when you think about it, you have to recenter yourself and focus on, on servicing your clients. So uh, I would recommend that, you know, and, and I think this has been a, a learning experience for all of the business owners out there. Um, I mean, without any clients, you're like, you don't exist, right? So, how you keep in touch with your clients and how you prioritize and ensure that your workforce is also all invested in, in uh, securing your clients and base—that is the key component. Uh, now, that's easily said, <laughs> um, but um, uh, frankly, if, 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 if you know you were you were uh, uh, visiting a, a client in particular uh, twice a year, um, you know the reality is right now it can be easy to say you know what I'll, I'll postpone that meeting until you know I can physically meet this client but maybe just a phone call out of the blue um, is is often <laughs> going a long way or a you know an invitation to a to a lunch appointment something like that or on a zoom meeting or webex i mean it's it's it goes a long way when it's unplanned and um, clients do feel appreciated, right? So, it's it's, again, it's showing the same caring and bringing innovation and bringing solutions to them that will resonate well because they're all going through very difficult times for the most part of them. Um, So I would say keep on, you know, doing good old habits. So if you were planning on meeting them every Every six months, or or you were doing your pre-renewal meeting strategy 60 days, 90 days, 120 days before renewal, keep on doing the same thing, even though it's virtual. Don't change your habits if it's been working out for you before.
0: Yeah, And and let's look at uh, business lines a little bit, if we can, because... You know, as, as I mentioned at the top of the program, um, you know, this there was a hardening market anyway, even sort of before the the pandemic hit, and and certainly that was affecting you know a, a number of lines, particularly sort of around the DNO and uh, professional indemnity, professional liability space. Um, on top of that, obviously we've seen the hospitality industry very heavily hit by the pandemic, in particular. So the you know there's obviously a lot of uh, complex litigation currently um, around the hospitality sector. When you look at sort of the, the various business lines right now, do you see any that are that you think stand out as being either particularly difficult for brokers, and that you know if they're looking for new business, that's probably not the right avenue for them to follow right now? And and on the same front, do you see any that you think you know do present really good opportunities for brokers right? Right now
1: um, I, I would say that you know for for every challenge there's there's always an opportunity and it, and it sounds cliche but it's, you know it, it's truly what's happening now I mean you've alluded to it where prior to the pandemic the market was firming, right and it was firming up for for more than a year uh, we've certainly seen the spike towards the end of the last uh, last year and, and particularly within the last quarter um, I remember, um, you know, presenting to a risk management association um, early on in January and saying, you know what, we don't believe that, you know, the market will change anytime soon, and you have to prepare yourself uh, to change how you're managing your risks, and, um, and that was a hard message to deliver at that point in time because it's always the balance and saying, hey, you know what, we've you know, this is the reality of the marketplace, and whether or not we like it or not, it's the reality. But then here's the, the potential solutions to that, and here's what we're going to be doing for you, trying to mitigate, you know, the uh, uh, the additional cost and uh, and ensure you have the optimal program. Um, <clears throat> so it was certainly, um, uh, you know, tough times, and, and even at that point in time, if I, you know, I could go back, um, and and do the same presentation again. I would probably be changing a few stats and a few numbers because um, the experience now shows that it was it was by, without any doubt it was going up, and it was actually even a little bit more than what we've anticipated. Um, so that's you know that's what I, I can say with respect to the uh, to the context around the uh, uh, around the market. Now when, when I said. Uh, you know in every challenge there's also opportunities it's truly what's happening and what we're seeing because you know clients do come to us and um, and 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 I'm sure it's the same thing for all the brokers I mean they they've been uh, contacting a uh, sometimes a, a new provider because they want to see innovation they want to see new solutions being brought to the table um, so for for every challenging insurance line or business lines, I mean, there's always potential solutions to that. Um, For us, we've been investing more on the uh, consulting side of things uh, to go, um, uh, you know, to find solutions and, and try to work with our clients and, you know, Changing how they're retaining the risk and and how they're transferring the uh, the other part. So uh, for us, it's the consulting piece that uh, truly uh, helps us through this uh, current uh, cycle. And I know and notice also um, that most of the uh, uh, you know regional brokers and all the other brokers are investing in the same thing. Uh, and frankly, all of the brokerage. Uh, firms uh, have been uh, have been investing in those additional resources over the last year and a half or so even even longer than that and um, so whether it's you know we're talking about PID DNO or hospitality I think it's some it's something you know aside uh, but you need to certainly uh, present your risk in a different way than you have before to insurance carriers so that you have uh, a different outcome um, so complex marketplace to navigate through um, but certainly lots of challenges out there and and uh, and we've seen those opportunities uh, rising
0: so if you were I guess giving a, a tip to, to, to brokers listening in then maybe the the general piece of advice overall is, is just to say you know you need to become a sort of a, a, an all-around risk advisor right now I'm guessing
1: yes exactly and and uh, you know what what also uh, been observing in terms of, of profiling of, of insurance brokerage um, is essentially um, you know the, the brokers out there are becoming more niched and more specialized in specific lines of business so it helps them um, uh, you know having a fair share of the market and uh, and also uh, providing again innovation and advocacy to their clients And being more specialized, so that's what we're seeing happening. You know, there's more specialties uh, uh, being developed by by all the brokers out there. And I would say that you know it's been it's been certainly happening for the last couple of years, uh, but even more now with with everything going on. And and again, all for this for the sake of um, providing uh, guidance in a specific and niche area. Um, that's
0: probably where the uh, the trend is is going. So I, I, I'm conscious, Stefan, that we're we're running out of time, but I I just want to touch on on something else uh, before we wrap up, which is that you are you know a, a little bit of a, an all rounder in your in your personal life as well, a, a cyclist, a runner, um, and you've even competed in <laughs> Ironman triathlon competitions. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like?
1: Well, um, we, we all go, uh, you know, in this business, we all go uh, into very stressful times and, uh, and, you know, we need sometimes to, to recharge. And for me, uh, uh, one of the things that I have discovered uh, early on in my 40s was uh, I've been, you know, always a, a hockey player and then I, I wanted to switch gears and, and, and do something else. So I started running uh, in my late 30s and, and, and riding uh, bikes. And then I had that crazy idea to um, uh, register myself into, uh, into an Ironman, but uh, um, as, as, you know, when you do a triathlon, it requires three disciplines, right? So, and uh, um, the discipline that I wasn't mastering at all was the swimming part. Uh, I've never swam in my whole life and uh, never had any swimming course in my whole life. So, anyway, throwing my... Uh, <laughs> my, my name into, uh, into that race. And, uh, so I had literally like, uh, five months to, um, you know, take some lessons and, and learn how to swim. And I just fell in love with, uh, with the whole, with the entire sport. So, um, ever since I kept on training, um, sometimes a little bit less regularly than i than I would like it to, but, um, in any event, it just helps me, uh, uh being, uh, disciplined uh, force myself to, uh, to have, you know, a, a, a well-organized agenda so I could manage running, uh, biking and swimming a little bit less now. And I, and I do, I don't do Ironman distance to triathlon, uh, anymore. Maybe once I'll retire, but for now I, I just keep on running and, and cycling. Um, so it's more manageable in terms of my agenda and particularly when I'm traveling. So, uh, but I truly enjoy that. I mean, it's, it's, uh and it just proves um, everyone that uh, if you want to do something, you want to achieve uh, um, a great accomplishment, um, a shot of your business career, um, it's doable, right? If you want it, it's um, it's certainly achievable.
0: Yeah inspiring words you're leaving us with. Um, so uh, Stefan, this's this been really interesting discussion. Um, if anybody wanted to, to reach out and chat with you and, and, and maybe get some more of your your broker tips or maybe your Iron Man tips, um, how, how can they get in touch?
1: Well they can certainly send me an email um, you know through my, my business address. so uh, first dot last name at alM.CA. And more than pleasure to uh, to connect with anyone who's going to be reaching
0: out. Okay. Uh, Stefan, thank you very, very much again. Um, To everybody listening, I've been Paul Lucas. This is IB Talk, and we will talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of IB Talk. Follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for the latest episodes.